I'm Jacob Tackett. And I'm Dylan Curtis. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Welcome back. Episode 20 of the I'm Wondering Podcast here with uh, Dylan and Jacob. Guys, we are glad you are still with us on this journey. We're having a blast, having some fun, going to do some fun topics, um, and today is no exception. I'm kind of excited about this one. Um, we're going to be talking about the fruit or fruits of the Spirit. We'll, we'll get into that discussion a little bit later, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, this idea of trying to live out um, these reflections of what I believe is the epitome of God's character isn't easy, um, but it is beneficial and important for us to do. And so we're going to talk a little bit about those. Um, we're going to get into Galatians, um, kind of some context, some background, who, why, when, where, how type of stuff, so that we can understand why um, the author of Galatians are urging the people of Galatia to live these out. Um, and then we're going to get into a little bit of how we can live these out in a practical way in our daily life. So I'm excited. Um, we're going to dive in. So without further ado, let's get after it. All right, so we are here. Um, I don't want to say with bells on, you know, given recent events, but we won't even, we're not going to touch that right now. Yeah, it's, um, we're it's, heavy hearted uh, today. It's it's January 7th when we're recording this, just to give you some context, so you probably know what I mean when I say that, but you know, we, uh, we forge ahead, because, you know, it's America. God is good. Yes. God is yeah. still on the throne. Yeah. Humans were questionable, but God is good and God is in control. So um, we do, we are thankful for that. Amen. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, so like Jacob said, we are going to focus on fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I will call it fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> and I'll explain to you later on why. Um, but that is found in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Uh, this is what it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, is love, <laughs> joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Uh, so many of you who are listening have probably heard this, have probably learned this verse, these two verses, um, have probably referenced them many times. Um, very popular, very common um, I think, passage of Scripture that people use. Uh, it's a great passage. I do yeah. love it. So I'm excited that we're going to be uh, working through this today. But it's important because we we could have just like looked at these and described, well, what is love? What is joy? And we'll share a little bit of, of what maybe the practical elements of um, the fruit of the Spirit is. But we really wanted to give context first because if you know us, if you listen to us, especially back at the beginning with cultural Christianity, we're really, really big on context, biblical yeah. context, literary context, what was historically going on at the time, because that informs a lot of what an author is trying to say, especially with the letters 
um, the epistles, it's really important to know there is something, there are people behind these letters, there's a situation behind these letters. So we wanted to cover some of that to really give an idea of what Paul is getting at when he gets to the fruit of the Spirit. Um, So some of you probably know it was written by Paul. Um, That is not debated. There are some letters in the New Testament that do have debate on authorship. This is not one of them. Um, He wrote this uh, after his first missionary journey. He took about an 18-month tour, uh, which found him in Asia Minor at one point, which is where Galatia is. Um, So he takes this big missionary journey, uh, helps plant these churches in Galatia, um, and then he is now returned. And upon returning, um, and he returns to Antioch um, from this journey, he ends up getting kind of a report from the churches um, that there were some issues. Um, do you know any churches with issues, Jacob? <laughs> mm, no. Oh, no. okay. Uh, I would say every single church has its <laughs> issues, but that's just that's humanity. So, so he returns. He gets back to Antioch after this missionary journey, um, and these reports get to him from Galatia, and they had fallen kind of into these these hard times. Um, there was debate going on in the church, and and specifically, um, there was a de- debate between um, Judaizers, which we can argue about the pronunciation. Judaizers. There's Judaizers, there's Judaizers. Um, it's too much. I say Judaizers, so, you know, whatever. Tomato, tomato on yeah, that one. Yeah, here we go. We all know who we're talking about. So Judaizers were were those who were arguing for the Mosaic Law to be upheld, um, which is obviously the, the Jewish law uh, in more simple terms, um, which included following the Law of Moses, which is the Mosaic part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that included, there were food rituals, there, of course, the circumcision, there's a, all, the, all the laws. They thought those who were Gentiles and converted to Christianity, who were believing in Jesus, also had to adopt these laws. Um, so this big debate breaks out, and we see that throughout the whole New Testament in most of the churches, because many of the first converts, of course, were Jews, um, So and they didn't see their conversion as as completely getting rid of the law. Like some of us, some Christians might think that, but Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And I don't know the reference off the top of my head, so sorry about that. Um, You could Google it. (laughs) And so there's this big tension of Gentiles who didn't grow up in the Jewish faith with those customs, with the law, being forced to now observe the law. Um, And Paul did not agree with that. Um, and you can find that in Acts. There's a the Council of Jerusalem meets, and they debate this issue um, and decide that the Gentiles don't have to follow the Mosaic Law. So Galatia is kind of the first, one of the first spots where this issue between the Judaizers, between the Gentile Christians, has come to a head. Um, and so that's basically where we're at. Um, and that council is in Acts 15, by the way, if you want to read about the debate that happens. Um, but there's now this big tension between those groups um, about, do you follow the law? Do you not follow the law? Tension. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. We did reconciliation just the last two weeks, so, you know, tension. Tension. It's 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 needed. It sucks, but it's needed. So, yeah, there's a, a little bit of a context, a little bit of background of why Paul is uh, writing this letter to the Galatians. And so now we're going to do a little bit of an outline, a little bit of a breakdown. Um, and so... We have the opening um, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, 
And then in verse 10 through chapter 2, a little bit into all of chapter 2, Paul has an indirect appeal about his ministry and the gospel. And then in chapter 3 through about halfway of chapter 5, Paul has a direct appeal to the Galatians, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. Um, And then he talks about, um, starting in verse 13 through the first half of chapter 6, about living life in the Spirit and what it looks like to live in love. And then he... um, finishes up uh, about seven verses of chapter six or here of a final warning uh, to the Galatians um, and false teaching, and we'll get to that here. Um, but now I want to do a little bit of the main ideas and break this down a little bit more, because I think it's important to know what Paul is writing um, before chapter five, before we get to the fruit of the Spirit, um, and that's kind of like the crux of the chapter, um, and then how he ends it. Uh, So uh, we're going to break down chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. Paula's main idea is we cannot earn God's favor through legalism, uh, for the gospel um, is free and it is freeing. Uh, 6 through 10, Paul is explaining to the Galatian believers, turn from the gospel of Christ is a problematic decision and why that is problematic. Um, 11 through 24, Paul is explaining how the gospel does not come from man, but rather from God and shares how Jesus has transformed his own life and how he can transform their life. Uh, chapter 2 in its entirety is, Paul is talking about only through faith in Christ are we accepted before God and, al- and alive, um, and how faith alone, we do this through faith alone, and it is freed through faith. Uh, chapter 1, or no, not chapter 1, chapter 3, verses 1 <laughs> through 25 um, Paul's main idea is God's covenant with Moses does not contradict his covenant with Abraham, but rather complements it. Um, and both covenants find their fulfillment in Christ and his salvation. And Jesus fulfills the law of Moses, and he completes his promise to Abraham. It's They aren't in tension with each other. They are a fulfillment. Uh, verses, verse 26 through chapter 4, verse 7, God um, has graciously adopted us, giving us the position of sons and daughters and the privilege of being his son and daughter. Verses chapter 4, 8 through 31, although we may encounter opposition from those who claim to be religious, we must walk in God's grace and live with great zeal for his purpose. And this is uh, represented in three different prayers um, in this section. And those three prayers are, God, show us how to walk in your grace. God, help us to trust in your word. And God, give us great zeal for your purpose. And those are three prayers that I want to pray for my life today. Absolutely. Especially today. Uh, chapter 5, 1 through 15, um, Paul is urging his readers to resist the dangerous message of bondage and encourage them to live in the freedom of Christ. Amen. Um, and then he finishes up chapter 5 uh, by talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and how believers may conquer the desires of the flesh, which constantly threaten them. And then again, the first half of Chapter 6, Paul is urging Spirit-led believers to recognize and execute the practical responsibilities of the household of faith. And then, like I said a moment ago, he finishes up this chapter um, and this book by summarizing some of the major themes of the letter as he contrasts his cross-centered ministry with the self-exalting ministry of false teachers. And that's definitely alive and well today, huh? Oh, yeah. A lot lot of false teaching out there. Yeah. Um, what I really, what I appreciate a lot about this outline that you've put together with these main ideas is you kind of see the flow of thought from Paul that he's, he's kind of laying the basis, which is always the gospel. And then he's moving into God's promises and how he's graciously adopted us. And then into 
the spirit and how the spirit works in our lives. So he's, I, that's why we do context, I think, is to kind of get like this argument and how yeah. it's put together. Because right in the middle of that, of, you know, talking about the gospel and how we are adopted into God's family, and then he thro- moves into the spirit and how we can encounter God's love and then how we can experience freedom, and then all of a sudden, boom, right here in the middle of all of that, through the in the power of the Holy Spirit, we get the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And what that can mean in our life if we live into all of those, if we can sequentially live into those things that Paul has laid out here in Galatians, we can experience things like love and joy yeah. and love. peace. Um, so, like, just kind of putting that all together in a big idea... Um, format for me, um, I would say it kind of is summed up in this sort of idea that, um, that justification, um, is not through the Mosaic law any, any longer. Um, but in contrast that, um, justification comes to people by faith, like through Christ, um, and not by any sort of works or legalism or, um, attempt on our part, to obtain salvation, to check boxes, um, kind of the way that the law was. And there's a lot of reasons, um, and we didn't write this down, but it's something that I just thought of. And there's a lot of reasons, and you and I are Pharisee sympathizers, if you will. Um, There's a lot of reasons why the Jews became so legalistic. Um, They had continually, if you look throughout the Old Testament, God gives his promises, and he says, if you are faithful, like I'll t- basically you'll be fine. Um, but if you're disloyal to me, if you're not faithful to me, if you ignore my law, like you will fall into the hands of your enemies, yeah. um, which you see happen several times over throughout the Old Testament. Um, so they were probably pretty fatigued, pretty sick of always falling into the hands of their enemies, and so they became very legalistic to try and avoid that. Um, and so it makes sense why people thought this way, why yeah. people were so legalistic. Um, and we often, I think, just kind of cast a judgmental look <laughs> and a judgmental attitude towards them. Yeah. But I th- I understand. I'm also a rule follower, so it's easy for me to sympathize because I'm like, I like rules. I like yeah. structure. Mm-hmm. I want to follow. Preach. Um, so I think that helps understand the Judaizers, too, of why they were so bent on trying to continue following the Mosaic Law. Um, but part of that problem is that it was pretty much a false teaching because it was ignoring um, what Christ actually did bring, which was grace and freedom, um, and instead was still tied up in some sort of um, legalistic structure. So things had changed, not that the law itself was to be completely cast out, because I don't think that's the case. Mm. Um, and some people will obviously disagree with me, and I think you're in the same boat of the law wasn't just abolished, um, but it wasn't to supersede Christ. It wasn't to supersede the gospel or what came with Christ, um, though I think the law is helpful, and I think it is insightful, and God didn't just give laws because he wanted people to live strictly. He gave them because he cared. Yeah. Um, he gave them because they didn't know when they left Egypt how to live, and so he's like, these are the ways that I would like you to live that will be the best way, the way I bless you. Um, that was the the law. That was the intent of the law. It wasn't just to create rules. Right. Um, but Christ now, the gospel now supersedes 
the law. And that's kind of what Paul is trying to say is your justification is through the work of Christ. Um, so that's sort of where we're at. And yeah. uh, as we get to the the fruit of the, fruits, fruit of the Spirit, hey. fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> we'll argue about this. Uh, it is important, I think, to get into some application, some practicalness. What is what does it look like for the fruit of the spirit to to present itself in our lives? Uh, if there's a lack of it, is that a problem? You know, these sort of questions we probably all ask. Um, I think any of us read these verses and probably think, "Oh man, I'm I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm good at that. I'm not good." At so it's important for us to maybe talk about some of the application of this. Yeah, what's cool is I think. We are in, you and I specifically are in a very unique position. Yeah. Um, because we go to a seminary where we are, I'm air quoting here, forced to kind of reflect on these types of things, these character yeah. developments. Um, so Dylan and I, we go to Denver Seminary, we've talked about it. Um, and in their curriculum, they have these courses called TM. And so there are these mentored formation type classes where most schooling as if you've gone through school like you really focus on your core curriculum say like we're in seminary a lot of seminaries just focus on the academia side and you end up losing a lot of your own health in that yeah and so denver seminary has created this curriculum where they also care about your character formation um they want to minister to you Um, they don't want you to leave seminary and then leave ministry because you're burnt out and you hate everything that you just done, have done for years. And so these character formations are, you know, we come in and we have to choose a word. Like my word for this last semester was stewardship. And so I'm working on becoming a better steward of my holistic life, not just my resources, but my time, my energy, my thoughts. And so I think we get an easier route of right now of like living out sometimes the fruit sure. of the spirit like i will likely be choosing patience um for my next this next semester because it just very timely it, it is very timely but it also flows really well from stewardship um and so this idea of practically living these out i don't think it is very practical to practically live these out because it, it we have to i know personally speaking from my experience i have to like make the conscious decision and effort to live these out. Like, sure. I have this verse basically memorized, but I have, I don't think I live these out practically on a daily basis without consciously deciding, you know what? I'm going to choose love today. I'm going to go out today, January 7th, after a rough January 6th, and I'm going to choose to love my neighbor. I'm not going to choose anger. I'm not going to choose the opposite of love, opposite of joy and peace. Um, And so, for me, the practicalness of living these out isn't practical. Um, we have to, I have to force myself to recognize these and live them out. But when I do that, it's making that conscious decision of I'm going to show love to somebody today. I'm going to choose joy, um, not happiness, because that relies very different, very different. You know, it comes, happiness comes from the happenings of life. I think joy is eternal. Um, I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to choose to hold my tongue, and I'm going to choose to um, whatever is in me. I'm going to do what I can to live at peace with other people. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good point. Um, it's not practical. It's not. Um, and I and I think I I hear what you're saying. Um, 
in so far as like practical to me is um, trying to think of how to put this exactly. Um, I don't know how to put it. So I'll just say they're not practical in so far as they're not um, necessarily easy. Uh, practical to me would be something that is um, makes life easier. I don't yeah. know how to put that. Um, but for me, like thinking about the fruits of the spirit, fruit of the spirit, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep slipping up. Coming to the dark side, Dylan. I'm not coming to the dark side. Um, like to think about how it manifests itself, and in that sense, the application or practicalness of it. Um, there's two folds. I think what you said is one of them that we still, we ourselves have freedom. And so we choose to a certain degree, we need to choose to try and manifest and work on these things. And the second is the work of the Holy Spirit. So I think Paul's argument throughout this whole letter is, uh, not just justification by faith in Christ, but also, that there are just like a strict following of the law was a marker for the Jews, that the manifestation of these, this fruit of the Spirit is, a, is an indicator and marker of your own freedom in Christ, yeah. that you've experienced grace and forgiveness. These things are growing within you as a result of your, your own belief and faith in Christ. So I think those two in combination are what help um, the fruit grow in our lives, and will of course fail. We don't even. I don't even know if I have to say that anymore, because <laughs> yeah. that's just who we are. But I do think there there is a certain level of. Um, I don't want to say don't be judgmental, but I think there is a certain level of judgment that we can have with the fruit. If someone, if I'm claiming to be a loving person, uh, and that's something I'm really good at, yeah, I'm not loving at all. I would expect Jacob or any of my other friends to approach me and be like, hey, what's going on? Because that fruit is not manifesting itself in my life. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a good barometric. It's a good way for us to kind of be consciously aware of how we're living, uh, how the Spirit is working in our lives. Um, but it is part part choosing and also part God's Spirit working in our lives. Yeah. Um, and that's the marker I think Paul is arguing for versus the law. Um, so practically, that's yeah. how it sticks out to me. And and to finally get to this idea of fruit versus fruits. So if you listen to the translation, it says fruit. It's a singular, right? So to me, that indicates that we often pick and choose. And even in mentor formation, like you were talking about, like I, I picked joy last semester. That was... That was my formate character formation, and then I picked trust before. So it's easy, I think, for us to maybe parse these out and say, well, I'm good at love, I'm good at peace, I'm good at gentleness and self-control, but I'm really not good at uh, forbearance, whatever that even is. Patience. Uh, yeah, kindness. Um, so oh. I, don't, I don't think, and this is my view on this, that these are meant to be seen as compartmentalized or divisible. I think what Paul is saying is the fruit, all of these things are the fruit. These are all outcomes of a life of faith in Christ as we grow in our, in our belief and in our trust and in our faithfulness. These naturally start to produce themselves as well uh, as the choosing of them. So to me, it's a fruit um, because of that. I don't think these are necessarily optional, and I don't think the Spirit only helps you produce one of these. It helps you produce all of these. Um, that would be my opinion. For sure. 
Um, but we are stronger and weaker in some of them. So, yeah. and, and we want to be vulnerable. So for sure, let's we're going to be willing to share here. But before we go there, I, and I, it can be sometimes splitting hairs. But like when I look at these, I also th- it I can't help but think also about like the the beatitudes. Sure, um, I sometimes see the beatitudes as sequential. Um, you have mm. to have to. I just air quoted. Like I know it's kind of lost speaking, but I think you, you achieve one and then you kind of move to the next. They build step. on each other. Yeah. yeah, and so I kind of look at that as the fruit of the Spirit in the same way. Yes, they all come together, um, but I just, for me, like, I can't see us having joy without love first, um, and I can't see us having love and joy without peace. And, of course, like, this may just so happen how Paul wrote it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, gentleness could have could come before love. Like, we can't love without gentleness. And so there, I don't think they are tiered, um, but I do think, in a sense, they can be sequential in that um, sometimes we can compartmentalize them, um, but it's kind of like a all boats rise sort of right thinking. Rising right? tides raise all ships. Yeah, like even if love, you may be growing love more, it's still helping you grow in all the other. Absolutely. Things. So they're all tied together in that sense, right? Which they're is why fruit chain. probably works really well, right? Like it's it's all from the same tree, if you will. The tree being maybe Christ and the Holy yeah. Spirit, and the fruit being our lives. Maybe we're the branches. Who knows? Ooh. I mean, Jesus did say we were he, the branches, did talk right? About so, that. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, let's get vulnerable. <sighs> let's get vulnerable. Not my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I know. I'm f- forcing this five into some vulnerability. So I'll start. I'll make it easier for Thank you. Thank you. You're such a two. I'm such a two. So if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our Enneagram podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking at this list, um, I think one of the things that I'm the strongest in that I think God has blessed me with, it's definitely something that I've had to work on. Um, he's given me much opportunity to work on it is peace. Um, and not necessarily, and when I say I'm really strong at peace, um, I talk about that in the sense of like, not necessarily peace in my own life a lot of times, but I bring peace into situations, into a room. Um, I'm usually um, the calming voice. I'm usually the level-headed one of like trying to make situations diffused. Um, I think that's sure. a gift that God has blessed me in. Um, I'm usually really level-headed. Um, my wife sometimes talks you know, about me to other people that I'm always in arguments, I'm just calm, I'm relaxed, I'm chill, and I think that's, I'm blessed that I'm that way, I don't get angered very easily. Um, Or at least you have a lot of self-control. I have some self-control in that, not always, but um, I had to, I had to practice some self-control today, but um, yeah, I think one of my stronger giftings of the fruit of the Spirit is peace, um, but one that sometimes kind of lacks most of the time is patience. Um, <laughs> forbearance. Forbearance. I like, it just sounds more academic mm. that way. Um, and probably why I'm going to work on it as my character formation. Um, and I think it's bred in me kind of culturally. Um, you know, we're very um, instant gratification in our world, in our society, fast food, Amazon Prime, yada, yada, yada. Now they're having like hour deliveries in like New York with drones and stuff, which is crazy. Can we get that in Longmont, please? Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, patience isn't one that I'm necessarily in my personal life, but also in my work life and in my relationship with Christ. Like, I want, want, want. I want things to be better. I want things to be done. I want to advance. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to now. And I have to 
Take a breath. It's my money, and I need it now. J.G. Wentworth. Yeah, if you're not from Colorado, you probably won't get that. 877 cash now. <laughs> uh, good times. But yeah, so I would say um, peace is something that I do have really great strength in. Um, sure. Definitely a weakness is patience in every aspect of my life. Like, I'll just be real some more, right? Like, I got a stimulus check, and, like, I spent it. And it's wow. been, like, three days. Just... Burning like, that cash. I was like, I'm going to stimulate the economy. Economy. I can't even speak. <laughs> economy. Economy. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, Jacob, why don't you just take a minute? Breathe. Like, you're. it's fine. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm impatient. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yes, I see peace in you. Um, I've seen you seldom upset uh, or, like, visibly, like, you express anger. Um, and I've known you when you're upset, but you're good at right. being peaceful about it. So Thank I do you. affirm that that's true in your life. Every time I say peace, I just think peace like a river. I've got oh, peace gosh. like a river. Uh, uh, moving on from that, let's go. <laughs> I would say what's funny um, is that forbearance is actually probably one of my stronger uh, qualities. I am pretty patient with people, with others. Um, and sometimes I'm not, but again, obviously, we're not perfect at these. We're um, human. But I would say that uh, I would stress the the bear part of that word, um, that I've bared with a lot of people um, and been able to be really patient. And some of that is attributed to my upbringing. Um, uh, siblings uh, are the best at, I think, helping you grow. Um, and my sister, who I love dearly uh definitely helped teach me patience because uh, i'm a more reserved person and yeah. she's not um and so there were a lot of times i felt like i couldn't speak and i had to be very patient um and wait for my moment to speak so that was from a young age i started to practice patience um and hopefully i mean my wife has told me many times i'm patient so hopefully that's true and she's not just being kind because she's she's very gifted in a lot of these actually um, as I'm sure your wife is too. <laughs> the best of us. Um, and given my personality, I can't admit that I am good in many of them because, <laughs> you know. Mm-mm. But yeah, I would say forbearance is probably one of my strongest ones. Um, and then my one of my weaker ones, I would say, is gentleness. Mm. I can sometimes be rough around the edges and very blunt. Um, and I try to speak. It's really important to me to try and speak truthfully about things. Um, but sometimes I don't, I say the truth, not necessarily in love or with a loving tone, uh, or with kindness, um, to add another fruit on this list. Sometimes I'm not very gentle, Yeah. um, but you know, I'm working on it. Yeah. You've grown. Yeah, I think so. You've, you've bit your tongue quite a bit. It's what's hard for me. So I'm, I can be very gentle with those I don't know very well, um, and when I know, like, I need to be, I can be. Um, it's with my closer friends that sometimes my uh, lack of gentleness comes out, yeah. where I'm a little brutal with my friends. Um, and that's because I trust them. And so I feel like I can just be blunt. Yeah. Um, but that's not always helpful and not always the best way to deliver something. So, um, and uh, Enneagram wise, I have a lot of one in me, and ones kind of can be that way. of just call it how it is be very blunt about it so sometimes that's just my nature but that's just the way it is <laughs> yeah so that's the fruit or fruits 
fruit of the spirit. Uh, a little bit of outline of Galatians. So, Dylan, I'm wondering. What are you wondering? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Well, well, well. That's a great question to be asking. Uh, I am a avid Chiefs fan. Um, if you go to the church, you also know that Lucas is an avid Chiefs fan. Uh, maybe more so than me, um, which is fun because I'm usually the one who's like overly researched and, right. and wants to know all the details. <laughs> uh, and Lucas is more of a free spirit and wants to just have fun. So it's funny that we're opposite on that. Um, but as much as I love my Chiefs, um, I don't think that they're hot at the right moment. Ooh, hot take. Um, and I would love to see them repeat, but I was just happy to see them win any Super Bowl uh, 50 years after the last Super Bowl they won. Yeah. So, um, which was a very special moment um, with my father, who has been waiting his whole life for it. Uh, he saw Super Bowl four when he was very young. Um, so that was the best part. Um, more than my team winning was watching my dad be just mm. ecstatic about it. Um, but I think the Buffalo Bills are just way too hot right now. Red They've hot. got one of the best scoring offenses and one of the best uh, defenses uh, in terms of scoring. They they are pretty – I think they're one or two in the league right now. Um, so they keep people to very few points, and they score a bunch of points. Um, That's a pretty good recipe for yeah. success. The Chiefs beat them earlier in the season, but I think the Bills have gotten way better um, so I think the Bills will actually make it to the Super Bowl, which I'm not upset about, no. um, especially since they went to four in the 1990s and lost all four. It's kind of fun. Four straight Super Bowls, lost four straight. It's depressing. I don't know if anyone will ever pull that off again, um, so it's kind of impressive and also kind of really sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be Bills. And then on the NFC side, um, I have a friend who is just a ridiculous Packers fan. It's annoying. Um, and I don't know if he listens to the podcast, Carl. I mean, I love you, man, but you're just a bit too much for me with your fandom. Um, but the Packers, they're so hit and miss. This is my problem. The The Buccaneers killed them when they played them in the regular season. But the Buccaneers are a wild card team now. Um, so I don't, I don't know if the Packers can handle when they, when they face a really good defense. And the Bucs had a really good defense. They haven't played as well recently. Um, so I, we'll see. Um, I could see the Saints, who have a really good defense, taking down yeah. the Packers, but the Packers beat the Saints earlier in the year. So, um, and home field advantage goes to the Packers as long as they keep winning. Um, and, but home field is a kind of not as important this year or as right. helpful. Um, because of, obviously, a huge lack of fans at all. Unless um, you're the Chiefs, and you can have 20,000 people. Yeah, and then some some teams have had some people, and I think that's fine. I mean, these stadiums yeah, are huge. huge. You can distance anyways. Um, so I'm kind of unconvinced in the NFC, because um, no team has shown like a consistent... Right. There's just all the teams that are in the playoffs have shown really amazing games and really down games. Who I would like to see... Um, is actually probably is the Packers as yeah. much as Carl kind of drives me crazy <laughs> with that. Um, because, you know, Chiefs Packers, first Super Bowl, first two Super Bowls, I think. Um, so that would be fun to see kind of a historic. I wanted that for Super Bowl 50 because I felt like it would just be this cool, like throwback sort of event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say probably Packers. So uh, Bills Packers, and I think the, I think the Bills kill them. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, uh, the NFC is weird. It's always weird. Like, there's so many 11 and 5, 10 and 6, yeah. 9 and 7 you, you think type your teams. Seahawks are going to just come. 
pull it out? You know, yeah, I'm a Seahawk, so I'm from the Seattle area, so I'm not just like a picking and choosing type of person. Um, but they'll choke. I, I, I see the Seahawks and the Packers probably NFC Championship maybe area. Are we going to have another controversy? We're going to have another one. Um, oh my gosh, I just hit the microphone. Sorry. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, don't, I really realistically don't see it. Um, but I, I agree. I think the Packers are probably going to be the strongest outing. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, Adams are just on fire. Like they, Aaron Jones, they great running back. It's insane. Their defense has stepped up recently. Their defense was atrocious yeah. for most of the season. And so we'll see. Um, AFC, not sure. I don't know. Um, I agree. I think the Bills have turned it on. Um, but I really don't like seeing like Patrick Mahomes in a like put in the corner um, because he's oh, gonna show it. up and he's he's gonna throw thirteen touchdowns yeah, to he gets prove you wrong. Um, it's annoying, but hey, I'm sure it is. So I don't know. I got my money on the Chiefs. Um, so there you go. I, I think the Chiefs are gonna repeat. Chiefs backers. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun Super Bowl. It'll. Be... I would love to repeat. So living in uh, Broncos land, growing up in Broncos uh-huh. land, I'm a native Coloradoan. So to be a Chiefs fan is like heresy. Yeah. Uh, I'm really sick of you, you Broncos fans. This last five year skid you've had always being like Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls? Look right. at us. We have three. So I, I would love to watch us go back to back and then each have three and be like, okay, now let's what? talk about it. Now what? Congratulations. <laughs> So, sorry if you don't care about football. Um, we rented for a second. I went on and on in my analysis, but one of these days we'll just do a football podcast for the heck of it. Um, Maybe so. I know you got some students who love football too, so we could just we bring them in. We might. That could be fun. Have a football podcast. So, but anyways, um, thank you for uh, having forbearance if you don't like football. <laughs> See? Yeah. Tied it in. Boom. Mike yeah, drop. guys. Thank you for. Uh, tagging along with us on this journey uh, if you could if you wanted uh, you can send us an email i'm wondering podcast at gmail.com um, let us know we do read them in their entirety um, we sometimes don't respond in a timely manner but we'll get we'll get to them guys emails we want to know your thoughts um, we do love it it's not a chore for us to read them we want to hear from you guys um, thoughts comments concerns disagreements we want to hear it all. So yeah, I'm wondering podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, um, go back and listen. If you haven't, um, like especially things like cultural Christianity, um, none of our podcasts are really sequential. Like we have yeah. to listen to one before unless that's a two part. Um, but I really think the topics like cultural Christianity are important um, to hear and listen as we move forward forever as we're doing this podcast and maybe listen to the politics in the church one first if you're going to go back yeah we need to that needs to be heard right now it needs to be heard um, and also if you could give us a like on facebook go give us a like on our i'm wondering podcast facebook page give it a share um let's get some listenership up we instagram too instagram too i have failed on instagram but i Okay. I keep promising I'll do better, but I haven't. Forgiveness um, isn't on this list, but I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so give us a like on those platforms. Give us a share. Um, we really appreciate all of you guys. Um, we're blown away by how many people listen to this. I thought it'd just kind of be my mom and... I did too. ...the church. Just your mom. So 
we have a lot, which is really fun. Yeah, it um, is fun. It's cool to look back. And so we're excited, and we appreciate you guys. And our podcast turns 21 after this. Yeah, we're going to have some fun with that episode. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next week. I'm Jacob. And I'm Dylan. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Podcast.